Hi, and welcome to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. We've provided a collection of sermons, our midweek lessons, music, and many more tools to help you grow in your walk with God. We are living in an unprecedented and challenging time, but we invite you to listen in and be encouraged as we fight through this together. Be sure to subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening. All right, good morning, everybody. My name is Patrick Genova. My wife and I, we serve in our youth and family ministry. I'm excited to preach the word today. I'm excited to be with you guys. And I pray that today can be really helpful and edifying and encouraging and challenging and all of those things. And we're going to talk about roots and fruits. Root and fruit, right? These things go hand in hand. And we know that, right? We, we get this concept of it's really important that we, that we look at the roots first before we look at the fruit. Because we can tell a lot by roots, right? Roots have a lot to do with the kind of fruit that is produced. So we're going to get into this whole, uh, what this means for us as Christians or what this means for us as human beings, non-Christians or whatever. Because this is a truth for all of us. And when this message is over, I hope you still love me. I hope you still like me. But I want to challenge you guys today. I know we have warriors here, adventurers, the virtuous among us that are going to appreciate the challenge. Uh, I hope that everybody will. Maybe some won't, but it's stuff that's on my heart, stuff that I want to share with you guys. Um, so with that, we're going we're gonna to jump into this. So the root of Christianity, right? Or not... It is the root of Christianity, but really, it's the root for all of us because we're all created by God. And so the root is knowing God, and the fruit is making Him known. The root is knowing God, and the fruit is making Him known. And we're going we're gonna to kind of blow this out a little bit. So we have to continuously assess the roots. How, are, how is that looking? And why should you pay attention today? Why is this a message worth listening to? Well, do you want to have a fruitful life in everything that that means? Do you want to make a difference? Do you want to leave a legacy? Do you want your life to be filled with meaning and purpose and that vigor of knowing that I'm doing what I was put on this earth to do and I'm, I'm, I'm living out my purpose, I'm, I'm giving to my mission, my cause, right? Well, then this is a message for you if those are things you want. Do you also want a fruitful church? Do you want a vibrant and thriving community? Well, then we got to look at the roots, right? We got to look at the roots. And sometimes the fruit can help us to understand a little bit more about the root. So we're going to read a passage in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 40. It says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments, right? To know God, to make him known. Loving God, loving him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving your neighbor, right? Loving other people. This is how we make God known. Knowing God is the root, making him known is the fruit. So knowing God, before our mission, before we talk about our mission, that's actually our purpose in life. That's your purpose in life. We were made with the purpose of knowing God. If you're anything like me, that's a fixer, a doer, a worker, this makes no sense. What do you mean my purpose is knowing somebody? That's not a thing you, I can't, what do I do? You know, it's like, like what am I supposed to do? No, 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 it's knowing God. 
It's having a relationship. That's your purpose. That's what we're all called to, having a relationship with the one who created us. In John chapter 17, verse 3, says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. My mind is blown. I always look for something to do. Like, what must I do to be saved? Or what do I have to do to like be a good Christian? You know, he's, like, he's saying here that I was designed. You've been designed. We've all been designed with the purpose of knowing God. How's that going? You feel like you know him. Do you feel like you have a relationship with him, like deeply, that you know God, that your relationship with God is strong, that you hear him, that you listen to him, that you see the ways that he's working in your life? Have you started that journey? And if not, we're here to help. If you want to start that journey, we have incredible Bible studies. I can't even express that enough. Like we would love to get together. We would love to help anybody that wants to start that journey of really living out their purpose of knowing their creator. Because that's what brings color to your life. That's what brings meaning and vibrance to your life is knowing the one that created you. Focus on knowing God as a root rather than what you need to do for God. That's not the root. The root is knowing God. And then we have that second part of the coin, which is make him known. And that comes from that, the root system being strong. There's passages we know in Matthew 25, you know, the sheep and the goats, where it's like Jesus saying, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was in jail and you visited me. I was in the hospital and you cared for me. This idea of making God known in our community or people that are hurting, we can make God known that way. We also, we also have Matthew 28. The Great Commission, right? Like, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey. You know, these are, these are some scriptures about how, right, we can live out the mission. So we have our purpose of knowing God. We have our mission of making God known. We have the, the, the root system of knowing God and the fruit of making God known. And why does this connection, why am I obsessed, Pat? You're talking about roots and fruits, like, what are you trying to... What are you doing here? Why does this matter? Matthew chapter 7, verse 17 through 20, it says, Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by your fruit, you will recognize them. So, apparently, the type of tree you are is revealed by your fruit. The fruit says a lot about the tree, about the root system, about everything. And a tree cannot produce good fruit just by focusing on producing good fruit. You have to be concerned about the tree itself, about the root system, right? Got to have good roots. So we're going to talk about that now. We're going to talk about having good roots. And I just got to make sure, I don't want, I want you guys to stay here all day. So having good roots, how can we do this? Before we talk about this outreach thing, right, kind of get that out of your head for a second. You know, oh, I got to, you know, do this in the community and I got to da-da-da-da-da-da. Like, hold on, just hold on. Let's, 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 let's talk about roots. Let's talk about the root system. And I want to talk about four today. If we want to reach, right, the lost world, if we want to have these great fruits, we have to first start here and try to narrow your focus. Like, don't think there's some, like, agenda coming in the sign. Like, this is, this is, the, the root system is so important. We can't miss it. So four things. Fellowship. It's a root. 
Fellowship is a root that produces fruit. So check this out. In Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so you see this vibrant church community. They're like, oh man, when can we hang out? Let's get together. You know, a lot of us know this passage, but but think about it. It wasn't like a drag, like, oh, I gotta go to church and I gotta see brother such and such. And I gotta, you know, oh, you know, man, sacrifice, right? And it was like this, you get this impression that there was some excitement, right? There was some zeal. There was, there was, they were, they were looking forward to it. They had each other in each other's houses and each other's homes. They were hanging out and they saw the fruit of so many people being saved and the fruit of all these miracles and the fruit of this, this fellowship. So passages like this, it pushes back against the world in a major way. It causes tension. It causes friction. We don't like it. We're like, man, why are you, you know, messing with my program? But we got to thank God that we have those passages because that tension is good for our souls. This thinking of, man, oh, putting God first. You know, that's a thought that creates some tension that's really good for our souls because giving everything we have over to our colleges or our jobs, you know, that's not going to be good for your soul at the end of the day. And you know that. And none of us wants to be a slave to our, our career, right? So these passages are what cut us up and challenge us and convict us. And for some of us, they make us angry because like, oh, you know, just trying to, you know, get us to do something. But what keeps us from this Christian fellowship? What keeps us from this vibrant community? And I already kind of alluded to it, and you might have your own answers, but my answer has to do with idolatry. It has to do with idolizing career. And that starts young, high school, middle, college, and then yeah, you get into your job. And there could be, and we have to work, you get that, right? It's important, but idolatry is an entirely different thing. You know, in the world, many men and women virtually worship their careers or worse, worship money. Career is king. But the truth is, Jesus Christ is the true king. Jesus is our Lord, not our bosses, not our professors. I know of people, you know, in church, you know, in our church that organize like vacations. So, you know, if they go to Jamaica, they're in they go to like the Kingston church or if they're in another country, they go somewhere else or they try to organize it so they can, you know, still like there's a big thing going on at church. They try to figure it out around that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this, this is an incredible level of like somebody that sees the importance of being with people, not as an obligation, but as like, I don't want to miss it. Because here's the thing is you need the fellowship, whether you realize it or not. Otherwise, it would not be in the Bible as an important thing. It would just be like, oh, some people theorize it's important. But no, we have direct scriptures talking so much about the, the depth of relationships and, and, and the commitment to the community that's needed in scripture. I want to share about uh, Quentin Goodman, Cody. A lot of you guys know them. They were in our, in our teen ministry. And they were both captains of their soccer team. And uh, they were in a game where they had to win to go to playoffs. Very big deal. 
and we had midweek that night, right? And they decided that they were going to leave that game at halftime to come to midweek because they wanted to be there, right? Now, is it any surprise to you that Cody right now is in Alaska serving God and, and Quentin's about to go on this, uh, you know, uh, dream, uh, chance of a lifetime, right, where he's going to be traveling the world serving God? Like, is it any surprise that those same kids that had the conviction to leave their game at halftime to come to be with their fellow brothers and sisters are the same two kids that are willing to give up everything to go somewhere to serve God? It doesn't surprise me at all. And so these convictions, they're setting us up for things later, for plans that God has for us. And when that tension occurs, what do you get mad at? Which one do you attack? Do you attack church meetings? Or are you mad at your job for trying to kill your soul? Are you mad that they don't care about you? Why do we defend our careers and our colleges so much when they hate you? They don't care about you but yet we defend them. When are you going to start defending God? When are you going to start defending the kingdom? Right? Like to be that person that's like, man, guys, I think we got to like really try to get more unified. It's like, oh, well, it's just about attending. Well, figure out a way to make it authentic. Figure out a way to make it real. Pray with people. Talk to people outside of these things. Have some authenticity. Be a part of the change, whatever you think it needs to be. But we got to have this. We got we to gotta bring this into reality because the world is going to see it. They're going to love it. I don't know about you, but when I first came to this church, I'm like, this is awesome. Man, people love each other. And they're from all these different backgrounds and ethnicities and everybody's hugging each other. And I want to be a part of this. This is how it should look. And if we want to keep that, it takes sacrifice. It takes sacrifice. It's hard. I get it. It's tough. And there will be exceptions. There will be things that happen from time to time. But I'm talking about consistently, perpetually, habitually. That's what the scriptures are talking about. Right? In Hebrews it says, do not give up meeting together as some of the habit of doing. It's a habit. Right? And if you're down that path, you got to look at the idolatry. you got to root it out. Root it out. Otherwise, it's going to kill your soul, your job, your college. It's going to destroy your soul because it doesn't fill you up with any kind of meaning. It gives you information and knowledge. This feels good. It feels good to get a promotion. And, you should, and you're going to get those things. But, but put the kingdom first. Trust God. He's going to take care of you. He's got you. You know, Quentin is, is leaving uh, school for a year. Oh, what's going on? You're taking a step back. But you know what? People might say it's irresponsible, but he talked to his advisors. He talked to his school. He talked to everybody. He made sure that he would still have a scholarship when he came. He made, you know, he did everything he could on the, on the wisdom side of things to still be able to take this step of faith, which it is. And I think that's a great example of how to go about it. And if you're mad at me for saying it, you might be scared or you might be upset that I'm attacking your God. You might be mad that I'm attacking your God. I want to encourage you. Get open about that. Don't defend it anymore. Don't defend it anymore. Second thing I want to talk about today, and some of these are going to be shorter than that because that's a big one, right? Second thing, second root. Listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to guide us, wants to lead us, wants to counsel us, wants to direct us. 
Acts 8, right, we see uh, Philip, he reaches out to this Ethiopian eunuch. And in Acts 8, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 8, verse 29, says, The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So the Spirit leads us, right? It prompts us. This takes that depth of relationship with God to hear the Spirit of, I'm becoming less, the Spirit in me is, is becoming more, that we're in tune with God. That takes prayer, that takes talking to God. And then we're going to see where to go, not just out of some like guilty legalistic anxiety, but because the, the Holy Spirit within us is truly prompting us and leading us. But like I said, this takes a closeness with God. How is your closeness with God? Do you need help with that? Do you get open about that? You know, the beauty of Christianity is that there are second chances, third chances, fourth chances, like carry your cross daily, deny yourself. So it's a daily renewal process, right? Another route I want to talk about is using your gifts. We know we're part of a body of Christ, and there's many different parts. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 13, it says, Now each one, the manifest of the Spirit, is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing. And it goes on about these gifts. I want to encourage you to read those, to study those out, to ask yourself, what's my gift? And then down in verse 12, it says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Right? So this idea that we all come together with our gifts, we all don't have the same gift, but we all use whatever gift we have to build up the body of Christ. we got to harness whatever gift we have. And I love our church because I see us harnessing our gifts. We have our, our squad team that harnesses these gifts of how do we make sure we are celebrating diversity, we're including people, making sure people feel included. We have disciples in motion, mental health, uh, overcoming grief, overcoming addiction, using their gifts for that purpose. We have hope worldwide, how to engage and help people that are in need, help people that are experiencing poverty, right? We have like even things like dating couples devotionals, this ministry where where, where people can use their gifts to really help dating couples learn how to do it in a pure and righteous way. You know, Mo calls me, Mo St. Tillis, he calls me, he's a doctor in our church. He calls me, he's like, man, I don't know what exactly God wants me to do, but I want to do something with my, with my expertise, with my medical profession. I want to figure out some way I can use this gift to serve the church and to serve the community. And we have so many incredible doctors and medical professionals that, that think the same way. Tiffany Wilson, she's on our gen-to-gen conversations that we have. She wants to start a clinic, right? She wants to get that going. Figure out a way to use her gifts to glorify God. Last night, the New Haven Community Group had a devotional, The Heart of a Champion. They invited boxers. They invited former athletes, a rugby player, a, rugby player, a mountain climber, a track star. Shout out, Alex. Like, just... Just all of these people came together to use their gifts to like, hey, let's talk about what it means to be a champion, right? And even that New Haven group using their gifts of being involved in their community to make that thing happen. You know, what's your gift? We can obsess about what gifts we don't have, right? But just even if you don't necessarily like your gifts, right? Like, what is it? Use it. Harness it. God will use it again and again. He'll multiply it. He may give you more. It's going to be amazing. The last route I want to talk about today is living counterculturally. What was so attractive to so many people throughout the history of church is that these people were different. These people were set apart. It was obvious that 
they were walking with a little confidence of knowing God, to even to the point of people could kill them. And as they were being killed, they're like preaching the word. You know, it was something different about them. They were set apart. And I want you to think about this idea in terms of holiness, being set apart. It's like a uniform, right? And God asked the Israelites in the Old Testament to dress a certain way, to eat a certain way, to treat their bodies in such a way as if they were wearing, you know, a uniform. And the the uniform is holiness. One that says, it's a uniform that says, I live this way, wear this and eat this because I belong to God. Wedding rings, they make a similar statement. In the New Testament, this concept remains, but it's somewhat less specific. Yet we do have some, some encouragement, some direction here. And in Galatians chapter 3, verse 23, so what is our clothing now? What is our uniform now? It says, for all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Our uniform is putting on Christ. And when that happens at baptism, where we put on his humility, we put on his grace, we put on his love, we put on his holiness, his righteousness. We do our best to put all those things on. This also means that we're covered by his grace, that we're covered by his blood, that we get these second chances, that we get to do do-overs, right? But we is that obvious, though, that we're wearing that uniform? Is it obvious in the community you're in, in the circles you travel in, that you're wearing that uniform? This is about swimming upstream, being set apart. Is it obvious in the way that you talk, right? Is it obvious in the way that you talk? Is it obvious in the things you watch and the things you don't watch? Is it obvious in the things you listen to and the things you don't listen to? Is it obvious in the way that you dress? Funny story, we do these workouts on Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the morning. And one time I got on the workout, I was wearing a tank top and Jeff Williams came on early. And Jeff was like, oh, bro, got to put the guns away, bro. You know, he was, he was calling me to a standard of like, hey, just do your best, man. You know, just do your best to just be mindful of these things that they might seem stupid. But bro, he, you know, he wanted to call me higher. That's what I want to be around. I want to be around people that are calling me higher. And sometimes I resist it. Sometimes I don't like it. You might not like it sometimes either. When Jeff said that to me, I was like, oh man, here we go. But you know what? I did it. I stinking did it. And it was fine. I survived. And I agree with him. He was right. Is it obvious by what you post? Like we shouldn't be out here and excuse if the older generation, you don't catch this reference, but we shouldn't be out here just thirst trapping, right? We shouldn't be out here just trying to, hey, look at me, check me out, right? Brothers and sisters, we can't do that. Really think about that question. Are you clothed with Christ? Even if you're wearing normal clothes, right? Is it obvious that you have something else on? Something else is on. That's not physical, it can't be seen, but there's something else that you're wearing. You know, if these are the keys, right? If these are some of the roots to bringing God glory, then we better believe that Satan will not want us to do these things. Satan will not want us to have strong, vibrant fellowship, and he'll do everything he can to divide that. Satan will not want us to listen to the Holy Spirit. He's going to do everything to keep us from being in touch with God and the Spirit. Satan will not want you to use your gifts. He's going to want to keep you as busy as possible so you can never use your gift to serve God, right? And Satan does not want us to live counterculturally. He wants us to be basically the world, wants us to be exactly the same, right? So there's no difference. There's nothing that separates us. And so we know that we got to fight back against that. I'm not, you know, I hope you don't think of me as the enemy. I don't think of you as the enemy. The enemy is Satan. 
Because if these are the roots that are going to help us, these are going to be the things that he goes after. Let's uproot where we need to and start over where we need to. This takes humility. You might have been a Christian for 5, 10, 15, 20, 40, 50 years, right? But we can still start over. You might need another conversion. And hear me right when I say that. I don't mean that like, you know, the other one didn't matter. I'm saying that this idea of rebirth, right? This idea of dying to self, it's daily. You know, we got to be reborn in a sense daily where we're picking up our cross again, where we're looking at discipleship in this new context. We're looking at lordship anew, right? Do you, this is a pattern that was set by our baptism. When we repented and we were baptized, there's this pattern of, man, I, I analyzed things and I, and I reckoned with my sin and I repented of it even though it was hard and I was baptized into Christ. You know, do you need that again? I'm not talking about, you know, baptism. I'm talking about, do you need to learn about discipleship again? Do you need to count the cost again? Do you need to learn about the cross and the love of Jesus again? If you need to do it again, do it. Get help. Say, hey, bro, I'll study out discipleship. with. I want to go over that again, and I want you to challenge me the same way, you know, when we, when we studied the Bible the first time around. Hey, bro, I'm struggling with understanding God's love for me. I want to, can you go over the cross with me again? Can we go through that? Bro, I feel like I'm letting, like, the, the, the thorns and thistles choke out my faith. Can we, can we count the cost, man? Can you do that with me again? We may need that again. And that's fine. That's humility. That takes humility to say, I got to do it. Even if you're, you know, third, I think those, there should be people, the older you'll get in your faith, right? Of like, man, I, 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 I got to do it all over again. I got to figure it out again. Let's follow this incredible pattern set by our baptisms where we die to self. And if you don't know about this pattern that Jesus gave to us, Jesus is waiting for you waiting for you to start living out the purpose of knowing him and to start fulfilling your mission in life. Let's be concerned about the roots and we're going to have the fruits. Thank you guys. This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.